Welcome to The Peer Perspective. This podcast is brought to you by Ascend Mental Wellness. It is based on lived experiences and personal perspectives. It is not intended to replace therapy or medical advice. I am your host, Ginger Miller. And I am her co-host, Michelle Morehouse. Welcome to today's show, Asking for Help. On today's show, we will discuss the stigma surrounding asking for help and the challenges that this stigma presents for individuals, especially those going through recovery. Ginger, what are some reasons why people may feel hesitant to ask for help? I think the things that I see most common are the fear of being judged and sometimes the consequences that may come from those judgments. A lot of people still have some some of that old school thinking where asking for help is a weakness, especially with males, man up and do it kind of thing. Um, I think those are probably the most common things, the judgment and consequences, feeling like it's a weakness. You mentioned males having the harder time asking for help. Do you think that applies to women as well? I think it's hard for both um, for, for a little bit different reasons. They, they all link together, but um, with males, there was a lot of, you know, in, the, in previous decades where men are supposed to be, you know, man up and be tough and you're not supposed to have the problems and push through it and they're not supposed to show emotions. And so I think there's still a lot of that around women. I think sometimes the fear came comes from things like they don't want to be a disappointment to family or loved ones or spouses, kids. There's there it's difficult for a lot of people. Gender's not a real real difference in it, but the the, the old school thinking is definitely still out there and that's something that can be pushed through, changed, that's a, a stigma of its own that does not need to be there. What are some common barriers that prevent people from asking for help? I think some of it is negative self-talk. We, uh, It's pretty common, especially for people that struggle with mental health issues or addictions the negative self-talk that's there because of the stigmas that have been talked around us all, you know, all our lives. So it, it kind of becomes a built-in tape in our head. I think the lack of access and resources for people, especially like in urban areas, could be a barrier. And another really common one is the fact that sometimes families or friends don't understand the illness or the struggle that the person is having and have an attitude of depression. What, what, what do you mean? You're supposed to just flip that off and be happy. Um, addiction, just don't pick the sub, you know, substance up. Just don't do the behavior. They don't understand all that's behind it and they're not very supportive sometimes. Especially when you hear the, it's all in your head. Yes. Yeah, that's another, yeah. You just got to decide. Make the decision and do it. <laughs> and we're talking about brain chemistry here for both addiction and mental wellness. Mm -hmm. It's not 
just make a decision, flip the switch. And there's that built-in stigma, aside from it being all in your head, that mental health and recovery, they're not actual illnesses. Yeah, yeah, there are, there's still a lot of ties right in with that not understanding. So they don't believe that it's an illness, that, that there's help for it. And some, some of it too, go, going back to that old school thinking, I think sometimes families or individuals that they, they care about us, they love us, uh, but because they don't understand it or they feel a stigma themselves, I can't have a loved one that has addiction or schizophrenia or, you know, I can't have that. That's embarrassing. And they may, not, they may not even recognize that they're having that internal thought in the back of their heads because those kind of stigmas have been around for a long time. How does the stigmas surrounding asking for help affect an individual's mental health? Oh, that's a deep one because it, it can affect all kinds of ways. I, I think to the core, though, it, it increases the stress that the individual is going through because they feel like they have to you know, hold that in or hide it from family members. or And it creates a loneliness and a separation from loved ones. So whether it's dealing with going through a, a trans of gender or dealing with, I've got a lot of depression and I'm not letting my family members, I'm trying to hide it from them. I don't want to be judged. Or I'm trying to hide an addiction that I have because I don't want to be judged. And it decreases self-esteem. Those judgments, like I said, the tapes that play in our head from, the, from society around us or possibly what we grew up around, those tapes play in our own head and become our own beliefs so we judge ourselves and make it difficult too. Do you think backgrounds growing up, how you grew up, makes a big difference in how someone might seek help? Absolutely. Someone that comes from a family background where they're going to be supported that, you know, go for counseling if you need it. If you need medication, okay. If you're going through a transition of some sort, let's talk about it. Let's find out about it. If you're getting that, you've got a family environment where you're being supported, let's get more information and understand this and let me be with you through this is a way bigger difference from somebody who, like I was saying, feels they have to hide it from their family because they know that there's, you know, religious um, beliefs that will make their, their family not love them, which is what plays in our head. If we know that that's kind of a background that the family is in, um, or some of the, the old school thinking of, you know, I, I can't have a family member that has addiction or a mental health struggle. So if, as an individual struggling with one of these kind of things, if we know our family has that kind of thinking, we're not going to be open to asking for help from them or letting them know about us, which just creates more of a divide. Creates, and it complicates the, the mental health wellness altogether. 
and for, for everybody in the family, really. How do you approach someone for assistance when you're in need? The most effective way is probably the most difficult way for someone in that position, but it's to simply ask. Find out where the resources are that can support that need and ask. But it is hard that for a lot of people, simply just to have the act of asking is very difficult. So if you can find a friend or if there is a family member, um, perhaps it's a clergy member, a sponsor or another peer, have someone in your corner to be a little bit of a cheerleader, sit with you when you make that call, dial the phone for you and let you, you know, hand you the phone. Little things as simple as dialing the phone for you can be so huge when you're the individual in that struggle because there's so much fear in facing it and feeling like you've got to face it alone or facing the rejection or the judgment that might, might come with asking. So having that person or organization that has an understanding of the, the need or challenge that you're going through on your side saying, I'm here with you, we're here with you, let's find answers for you, let's find what can support you, let's do it together. What if a person isn't sure of what they need? That's a great question, because a lot of times, I know myself, there have been a number of times in the past that I just knew something didn't feel right. I didn't know what I needed. I just knew that I needed help with something. And I've found that finding that person that you are comfortable with and that was a challenge too, because there's a lot of trust issues in, you know, for, for a lot of people. But finding a person that you are comfortable with and being able to say, this is what I've got going on. I don't know what to do about it or how to handle it, or I don't know if there are resources out there that can help me with this issue. And if you're talking with someone that, that is understanding and caring, that's, you know, that you've chose to talk with like that, most likely they're going to be willing to say, well, let's see what there is, or they may know. So, you know, sometimes it's, we're in the middle of our own forest and can't see beyond it. And so opening up and being vulnerable with someone that we trust, they may be able to see beyond what we are sitting in and say, oh, well, you know, have you thought about this? Have you tried that? Have you checked out this resource? And again, be right there with you or help you to make that con initial connection so that even if they aren't entirely comfortable with what you need to go through, they can at least connect you with some place that can help you. With having so many resources out there now to make these connections for people that do need help, whether it's accessibility or that fear of judgment, some of these resources like technology and online platforms, how do they help reduce the stigma surrounding asking for help? I think one of the big pieces there is the, there's, there's a feeling of anonymity there. Um, if you're filling out a form online, you're not bringing your face in front of somebody else 
to see the look in their eyes or the look on their expression on their face or that feeling of anonymity. And it takes away that fear of judgment. I think another piece is not being seen going into the location, for example. If you've got to walk into DSS or something or first time going into, you know, a, a 12-step meeting and people know where that is or something. The anonymity uh, is a big help. And it also helps break down barriers and makes mental health support more readily available to those that need it. That's one of the great things about telehealth for some people. What are some personal strategies individuals can use to overcome the internalized stigma of asking for help? Probably the first biggest thing is to recognize it. You get, you've got to do that self-reflecting and recognize that you are doing it. Um, things that, tapes that have played in our head for a long time or that we've heard repetitively, we don't necessarily recognize they're playing. So slowing down that self-reflection, recognizing that that negative statement's running through our head, and then challenging that is that, you know, it does asking for help really make me weak. Mm, if you think about it, a lot of people would see the, that it means you're stronger because it is hard to ask for help. It, it's not a weakness, it's a strength. Um, people that ask for help uh, it, it recognize it as a self-care is another thing that can be a, a little bit of a motivator. Building a support network of trusted individuals and providing that can provide that encouragement and validation is another fantastic tool. There's a lot of, I know for me, I needed a lot of validation early on and until I could learn to validate myself or that I didn't necessarily always need everybody else validating me. What are some positive consequences of overcoming the stigma surrounding asking for help? A greater sense of community or connection. The opposite of addiction is connection. It will improve our mental health, improves the chances of recovery from an addiction, increases access to the resources, helps us to find those support networks, and it, it reduces the negative impact of, of being isolated and the emotional distress that goes with that. Do you deal with a lot of this in your work yourself, having to work with individuals one-on-one -on -one or whether in group that they're still maybe the quiet one that hasn't reached out yet or said, hey, I need a hand? Absolutely. A lot. Yeah. And as a peer, I find that the piece that helps them to be willing to open up is by allowing them to see somebody else that has gone through it. So I, I, I'm pretty free about sharing um, things that I've been through if I feel that it will help them to see they're, what they're going through and not feel alone in it. So a, a lot of times doing that kind of thing, somebody will say, you know, you, 
you just said this or that, and I felt that way, but I've never told anybody. And the, the fantastic breakthrough for them. So that's where, as family and friends and close people that are close to us, they, they can be the most helpful is to listen without judgment, to allow that person to open up. Um, and if they can relate in some way, that's that's a huge help. But don't don't fake it. <laughs> well, we can we can sense when somebody's kind of trying too hard and wants to help, so they're exaggerating their own situation. Um, the sincerity is what they see, whatever that sincerity is. If it's just the concern and care, that's fantastic. If you can relate and share a similar experience, that's fantastic. But just being real sincere and open to connecting with them. In what ways as a community can we help reduce that stigma? By having open discussions about feelings, emotions, about addiction, about um transgender about all any of the things that have these stigmas on them by making them a more open conversation instead of a taboo we've got to whisper about this behind people's backs if it's an open conversation it helps people to realize that others struggle with it too and I'm not alone and maybe I can talk with someone and yes, we, you know, as someone that's been through a lot of these types of challenges, I, I've, there's been trial and error in finding who I can trust to talk with. And it, it can be hurtful if you open up to someone that isn't ready to be helpful. But that doesn't mean give up. There are people that, that want to help and that can be helpful. So, and then there's things like this podcast. There's all kinds of groups and, th and self-help groups and therapy and even if it's just, you know, joining a, a garden club or a book club, people that you can connect with, sometimes the connection alone can help give us confidence to ask for help with something more private. Ginger, thank you for spearheading this latest topic. It is important to talk about, especially when so many don't want to air their vulnerabilities, such as asking for help. Asking for help is not a weakness. It's a strength. And, and that alone, if we can get that changed in our mind, will be a big help. If anything, it makes you stronger. Don't be afraid to get help. You're not alone. We can do this together. Join us for our next show, Separation of diagnosis versus self. Visit us on our socials and our website www.ascendmw.org for all of the latest information, newsletters, resources, and podcast episodes. Our podcast is available on Apple, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. New episodes drop every Friday at 10 a.m.